Benito Thompson on the keys. It's Shut Up Stein. I'm your host, Stein. And I'm here today. It's been a while. And before I introduce the guest and topic, I do want to say I have a video that I recorded like by myself about the whole NWLA thing. And it's just sitting in my fucking drafts. Uh, And maybe I'll never post it, but my thoughts have been made known. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. No fake tournament. Not today. Today we're talking about uh, another NCT, uh, a medium pitch NCT and a scuff ball NCT that features no base running. So really, truly the exact opposite of NWLA. And I think that's uh, that's the beauty of whiffs is that you can play in so many different ways. Anyway, to help me talk about that is Mr. GSWL himself, Bob Longeru, wearing a comically large Earl hat. Bob, how we doings? Oh, I good. I good, Stein. Uh, sure. Happy to be here. Very unhappy to see you. Oh, I would expect nothing less. And of course, Fug was so unhappy to have to deal with me that he bailed on this meeting. So there you go. Very, very tough scene, but um, yeah. we'll, we'll be all right. Uh, well, the guy's a professional. So I want to just, I mean, I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think there's too much format stuff to talk about. But I guess we'll start there. So just to introduce the event to anyone who hasn't been or doesn't know what it is, the GSWL Open is a large uh, medium pitch tournament. It's widely considered the national championship tournament for all things medium pitch. And it features some of you know the best teams and players out there. It's held at the Staten Island Little League Complex. The dude who owns that place is a saint for letting us destroy his fields like that. Uh, and it's been going down there since, oh boy, 2012, 2013, something like that. So a long storied history now. And, uh, you know, it's crowned a number of championships, most of them to the enemy. <laughs> but uh, we'll talk about the enemy later, no doubt. So the format is traditionally a two-day format, Saturday, Sunday, with pool play and bracket play happening Saturday. And then I believe now we, we've settled, we're, we, we cut to 12 for Sunday. Is that still the case? Correct. Correct. Can you can you talk about the reason why it's no longer a cut to eight and now a cut to twelve? Uh, I wow! Mean, buckling, I, buckling like Donald no, Trump I under believe, the first hard question. No, no the, the reasoning being one to uh, you know include more people in Sunday action and prevent sure. us from playing until eleven o'clock on Saturday, mm-hmm. but also uh, the players' cup is a um you know a very also historic gswl type thing um that gives a second chance to those middle of the road to lesser to newer teams to whatever their situation may be uh because we all know the final eight the final 12 are going to be those best of the best and there's a lot of you know quote unquote pro style teams that you know, are head and shoulders talent wise above you, but that doesn't mean mm-hmm. you can knock them off. And that's the beauty of wiffle balls, the beauty of medium pitch. That's the beauty of playing a long two day tournament where there's a lot of in and outs that mostly confused you, but sometimes give you a chance to, you know, sneak in and have a chance on Sunday. And, you know, it's not fast pitch. So that leveling of the playing field where I throw harder than you. So I'm probably going to beat you isn't really there. So the speed restriction uh, really allows for flexibility, both on your roster, your style of play, 
um, and your experience. So we've seen some young teams make noise very quickly because they're more athletic than the older guys, even though the older guys know better than them. So um, it, there's just a lot of opportunity all the way around. And we want the Players' Cup, getting back to your actual mm. question, mm-hmm. uh, to involve to not involve those pro-style teams. Right. And, without having to make like super exemptions where we're saying in the moment that no, you can't play. We're able to establish it beforehand. And by allowing 12 in the Sunday, there's a good chance it doesn't happen. And if a pro style team gets knocked off before the final 12, well, they really deserved it. And they're probably <laughs> halfway home Saturday night because those are the types of teams that are there to win the event. And sure. Whiffs, you could be there for a million different reasons and being competitive and winning all the money is certainly one of them. Sure. So, okay. So to clarify, well, but just one final little follow-up question there. <clears throat> Do we have a final number of teams yet? Because the event, as we record this, it's August 11th and the event begins in two weeks time. Do we have a final number of teams set? And if not, this is your chance to plug. When's the deadline to register? Absolutely. The deadline is the registration is still open. So if you are a league team that has played all year, you know, you have until the end of next week to make sure I'm sure Fug has already been all over all the teams that participate all year round. But whether you played an event or not, you're welcome to this event. So I believe next Friday at 11 p.m. is the registration deadline. Um but the format doesn't change based on the number of teams so much. It just changes, you know, how we format the pools and such. But the general right. format remains the same where those league teams, those are paid uh, membership based teams that supported and played in the league throughout the season. And at this point, you know, there aren't many regions. It's really Long Island in New York and a little bit of Vermont. There's not much Massachusetts going action going on. And mm-hmm. the other places and, and teams are really just, we might play an event, but we're likely entering as an open team. So those, right. those teams are separated for, you know, a fair chunk of Saturday, which allows those league mm-hmm. teams to battle amongst themselves to at least find where their, their standing point is before their, you know, those non-league teams could be a real crapshoot. It could be a bunch of really good potential contenders, and it could be some brand new teams from all over the country. So that allows everyone to enjoy this event, whether you live near New York and can get to our events or not. Um, you're now you're able to be here as an open team, which has always been the style of the event is an open format, um, but with a little caveat because we want to have some consistency to our league brand. Right. So, and and I think that this is something, I mean, it took years, so I'm not trying to give you too much credit, but the thing that Golden Stick has done really well in, in recent years is really the undoable, which is running two tournaments at the same time and then smushing them into one. You may remember that United Wiffle tried that in 2021 and it just, it just didn't work the way they wanted it to. They scrapped it and last year was wildly successful, at least in my opinion. But the way that, that GSWL works to your point the fact that Mass and Vermont want so badly to be involved but don't necessarily have the infrastructure to do what Long Island does, allowing for, okay, league teams get this bracketed style of play and then wildcard teams get this, everybody plays five games, right? You play five games and if you go three and two, you advance. If you go four and one, you get a bye. If you get if you go five and oh, I think that automatically puts you into the Sweet 16 or something like that and then, the you know there there's like you know uh six wild card teams that make it and then like 10 league teams that make it into that top 16 or something like that 
And if I'm not mistaken, you know, everybody plays their games and uh, you can expect somewhere between 30 and 40 teams every year. And you cut to 24, which then cuts to 16, which then cuts to 12. Or is that is that the basic format? Do I have that right? Yes, but it works more in a staggered pseudo double limb format. That second stage of the event, but that's that's the concept. Is yes, so right. you know, there's a lot of opportunity for those league teams to get an easy shot into Sunday, which for some teams is winning just two games. Go two and zero early in the day against other league teams you've played against all year. You're familiar mm-hmm. with. You're prepared for. And get through those two. Your bracket matters. And sometimes it's random. Sometimes it's not exactly to the skill set of all the teams. It's based on the point system. So that's that's what allows teams that are might be less talented than some other teams. But by compiling points and supporting the league and playing every week, they've now found themselves in a position where they've earned a buy through that first round of league play bracket and now it's win two games and i'm literally into sunday i might be the eighth seed on sunday but like i'm there and i don't mm-hmm. have to worry about mm-hmm. the fluff saturday night where i'm competing against a bunch of non-league teams who you know maybe in one breath i'm like i'm so grateful that they're here but i'm like hey i'm like you walked in off the street i'm like you're gonna no, ruin, you got, like, you got, you got you're gonna you ruin got, my she, season right now she Haverty and with man signing up as a non-league team you know what i mean like that's a dangerous team right there i mean I, that's what I mean. If you look at what my team has done past couple of years, uh, in 2021, we got eliminated in, in the top 12. And last year we, we just missed out on making the top 12. Um, and, 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 you know, we were just a bunch of schmucks from Vegas, you know what I mean? But we ruined a couple of days of guys who have been it. So I like the, the way that it's separate until you get to that bracket. And then it's, you know what, this is your record. Fuck it. Now you're going to play someone because you didn't, you didn't go to three, four, no, you went two and two. So now you're going to have to scrap. And I think that it's that scrap. That's always the hardest part to orchestrate, but in recent years, it's really been uh, smooth. Yeah. And that, and you know, that what really creates some really great content and, you Mm -hmm. know, controversy is the wrong word, but just really high competitive play against teams that are just like, well, they're just whatever. They're just Mm -hmm. run of the mill teams, but like this really matters. I got one team who played six events, a playoff event, battled through their other league teams, fell, went up, down, around. And now they're facing some team who showed up from California. I'm like, I've heard of these guys. They look pretty good, but this is my league. I play right. I want to beat them. And now there's some storyline about a bunch of guys who don't even know each other. And now there's some sort of rivalry going into Love that. Love that. So, well, yeah, that's, and that's, that's the beauty of the game. Yeah, that's what my team was getting into last year. We went three and two, which is not like the best record. But because we had a crazy run differential, we were the top three and two team. And what that put us, that put us in a position where instead of having to win two games to get to Sunday, we had two chances to get to Sunday. We fucking blew it. But we had so you know what I mean. But if we had scored like four less runs, we would have been winner go home. And yep. so it, it's just like it, it puts importance on every game while also rewarding league teams for their commitment, for their diligence, for their regular season record. And uh, speaking of regular season record, now that we've kind of gotten that format out of the way, I want to talk about some. Maybe some Cinderella runs, some uh, potentially disappointing runs. Uh, And I want to start with the enemy uh, because the enemy have dominated medium pitch and fast pitch too, I might add, really since 2009. I don't think it's any secret that Kevin Norris is hurt. I know he's not an excuse maker, so I'm going to make it for him. The guy is hurt and he's struggling and his team is struggling. Um, 
have the enemy did the enemy the enemy won one event right right they oh, beat Whiffing on a day where they didn't have I think Stan I think they were missing Stan they won on opening day I believe oh they won on opening day there you go so oh I'm thinking of state of mind state of mind beat Whiffing without Stan so they won on opening day Kevin hurt his shoulder so we 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 now have what we call the fake enemy right in closed circles which it's you fair. know cats out of that bag but <laughs> the the team the team is Didio, Handall, and Tyler, and maybe Phil Frazilio, aka Pill, aka Pilk. I I know he's played with them, with or without Pilk. The enemy are. I think that the storyline surrounding them is that they've had a very disappointing year by their standards, and that they're poised to uh uh have their crown taken from them because they lost in 2021 but that was the mud game of 2021 so you can be forgiving of that they're poised to have their crown stolen do you think that an, an enemy that's either norrisless or with injured norris still has a chance to win the whole thing they are mortally wounded mm. kevin norris is as good of a competitor as anyone that this game has ever seen. And there is no replacing him no matter what you say. So they are no longer a favorite in this tournament. That, mm. and that's, that's a realistic Kurt opinion of what this team is without him. Mm. As good as Ty is, as good as Handel is, as good as Didio is on the mound. Didio won MVP last year. And as good as Phil Fresiello is playing with those types of guys, because mm. you got to hand it to Phil, he weasels on some sort of team. I don't know how he does. Why can't I do that? Why can't I do that? Well, he finds a way to get himself in a position where he could be successful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He and he has a championship with Norris from 2011. <laughs> falls flat on his face more times than not by you know hitting 130 on the year and getting raked mm. off the field in his playoff opportunity, which was him. <laughs> hey, be Kevin right now. Yeah, but that's that just shows how good Kevin has been for for so long, especially mm -hmm. in the circle because. When push comes to shove, a lot of games get won by, ah, this guy was kind of thrown too hard, or this mm -hmm. guy has an unbelievable knuckleball. The wind was blowing in. The wind was blowing out. You can't beat the enemy with the wind blowing out because they hit so mm -hmm. well. That's true. Mm -hmm. But you know what? They face some really juggernaut offenses, and Kevin Norris shuts them down, whether the wind's blowing in, out, up, down. So mm. he is such a factor. As good as they still are, they are head and shoulders better than 90% of the teams in the league. Um, but they're not better than Whiffink right now. No matter yeah, so that, that's what I want to talk about not. next. That's what I want to talk about. Because in the absence of Kevin Norris, Whiffink has done what I think folks have really been waiting for them to do for a couple of years now. I mean, if you look at the roster, I would say the worst hitter on that team is Kenny Rogers Sr. And you sub him in on, again, 90% of teams, he's the best hitter on that team. So it's such a complete offense. And I was talking with Winnie about this the other day. I, for a long time, would tout that T-Wag is the best hitter in the world. But I think with last year's United Wiffle performance, Ben Stanton has just eclipsed him. He's so different at hitting. And you put him... Yeah. Fast pitch. But 
close, close to medium. But, but then he also goes in there and he's got his knuckle and then Styles has his knuckle and Kenny doesn't really need to throw if he, you know, as long as Stan's not hurting. Whiffing has dominated Golden Stick all year long. If they haven't been making the finals, they've been winning the tournament. Is this the year that Whiffing finally makes it happen? It's their tournament to lose for sure. Wow. 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 Um, there's some really slick non-league teams, pro-style rosters that will be involved in this tournament mm. that definitely give them a run for their money. Pretty much no one in the league has been able to solve them this year. So unless you're getting surprised by the opponent, if you're whiffing, there's nothing these league teams have to offer right now outside of some really rough conditions that screw over whiffing, wind blowing in, thick grass, you know, anything can happen right. there. Hey, Staten this Island's team, full of that wild card shit. This team lost to the screwballs three or four times last year <laughs> yeah, with the same roster. So what is different? Kenny is the best player on the planet. Fast pitch right now. He's hitting like he's supposed to. Mm-hmm. And hard by him playing with his father and the son being there and playing. It's, the vibe is crazy. The vibe is crazy. It's the vibe is crazy. Playing in his backyard. He's yeah. creating a home he, for himself and his family. And- no, I'm so glad you mentioned that because the, the, the tri-generational, like, fucking Whoa. equinox, like, it's like some sort of weird, like, he can turn any field he plays in into his home field. And Kenny is the one at the center. He's the one, you know what I'm saying, in, like, the lotus position with his chakras unlocked because he's in the middle of his father and his child. And, like, when I watch him play, I'm just like, damn, this dude is, like, glowing. You know what I mean? Like, from the inside. So it's it's pretty trippy. Uh, I agree with you when I, when you say that it's their tournament to lose, but how many times has a team come in and had it been their tournament to lose and they lost it? So I think we're going to get some crazy games. Speaking of crazy games, Withink beat Earl last year in the semifinals. Earl went out understanding that, I that you know, you guys got tired, right? Three-man roster, very difficult. So you sign Winnie, former man of the year in, in the Gaul League, uh, a guy who has really turned into a defensive monster in the in the more recent parts of his career, and a solid offensive hitter who can do mop up innings too. Like you know what I mean? I'm not trying to take away from his pitching ability, but I, it, he he tells me he doesn't like to pitch all that much. Um, you know, and you guys have options. Earl has struggled mightily all year long, and it's been it seems like it's been something different each time. So is this creating kind of like a snake bit mentality where you guys feel like there's just going to be some new weird way that you lose in the open? Or is this the sort of thing where you're like, well, we've been punched in the mouth so many times we're ready to go to war now. How do we feel coming into the open? Not great. Not This team <laughs> is beaten. Um, we've I think we're three and eight in our last three events. That includes mm. playoffs where we went mm. on. We were one and done. We lost to a game changers team who we know we're better than spotted mm. five runs in the, fr- like it's just stuff you can't do It's amateur hour stuff. And that's how we've played most of the season. And it's no one's fault, but every single person on the team. And we understand that. And I'm sure there's other teams in that same situation that feel like they didn't play to their best, but 
for a team with a roster of veterans like we have, it's pretty shameful the way we perform most of the year. And it's, it's borderline embarrassing and it sucks, but that also is a testament to the other teams in the league who we overlook and take, take for granted. And then they bite you in the mouth. And um, that's just how it goes. And I, that part I actually love, especially as an administrator. I love to see a team like girl with four veterans who, you know, not like we play like we're better than everyone, but we play with people like, Hey, we expect to beat you. We expect, we expect to go two and one or better each week. We expect to be in the final four. And instead we made the final four once the whole season. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really, it's not good for a team. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good. I mean, that's a good point. But uh, you know, I mean, guys like Johnny and I hate to say it, but Connor can really turn it on in big moments when they need to. And you know, you and Winnie, you guys have been around forever, so it's not like you're going to shrink in a big moment. If you guys get out, it's not because you shrank; it's because you're a very bad player. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's it's different getting out in those ways. Uh, the only other team, the only other league team that I want to talk about is actually not a New York team. I want to talk about the Boys in the Barn because they won the Players Cup last year. And then they won the Vermont region, which I believe qualifies them as a league team. They got, they won the raffles. They got their league paid for as this is their third year. They got uh, dick kicked in year one. Uh, and then they kicked a lot of guys in the dick year two, myself included. What is your, how do you anticipate them showing up in the league bracket? How do you see them doing? Uh, it, it definitely matchup dependent, but I mean, Lucas is sick. Uh, those guys rake. Um, they have the swagger that we're better than you. But they they're big boys, you. too. You know they what I mean? They're, 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 they're Vermont they're, country-fed boys. Yeah, They're a more polished version of the L.I. Dumps, who is another yes. emergency. Yeah, it's a great yeah. comparative kitchen. Probably like your new Dark Knights-esque. That's, that's their route. They're going to get better each year. They're going to stay yep. together. They're going to do – they're going to find – each player is going to find their niche, in the, whether it's the lineup, the rotation, the field, whatever. Um, so I expect Boys in the Barn to be taking those same kind of steps. Um, the only slight against them is they didn't come down to Long Island once this year. So the, They missed the looks. How much they played in Vermont, unknown. The competition there, not the same as it is on Long Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, but clearly it didn't really stop them last year. So if they get a matchup with a team that's workable for them game one and let them feel things out and be like, all right, we're here to play, um, they could be a very scary team for absolutely anyone stuck with them in the lead bracket in a game two matchup where it's like, hey, we win. You know, we're mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. regard. So they're definitely a team to look out for. Yeah. I 100% agree. They, I, I could certainly see them making it to Sunday for the first time. And that's that making that first Sunday is just so sweet. It just tastes so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to, you know what I mean? You go home and you shower and you just can't stop smiling because you know you play tomorrow and everybody plays tomorrow. You know what I mean? Even the Players' Cup teams. And that's, that's a beautiful thing, but it's different. You know what I mean? Yep. Like it's, it's no one showing up to watch the Players' Cup, but guys will hang around the field. And yeah, it's just a good feeling. So, uh, with that said, I want to talk a little bit about sleeper teams, Cinderella teams. I, I, I think I know how you're going to answer this question, but are there any teams, be they league teams or wildcard teams that you envision flying under the radar, winning a couple late games and you turn around and they're like either, either they're, they're playing in a winner goes to Sunday event 
or all of a sudden they're in the Elite Eight? Do you see any any teams that maybe aren't on the the casual followers radar that you could see emerging? Well, I want to give credit to two teams, um, league teams first, that one had a very good start to their year and took a lot of flack just for being who they are, and that's the Hazardous team. That's mm. Dan Mora, Tyler Adele, Geoff, uh, Joe Morrow. And for four, well, sorry, three really annoying people and a fourth great guy, Joe Morrow. Um, they they knew they were the butt of a lot of jokes just for being the personalities that they are. But they really played as a team really well throughout the first half of the season. Mm. And certainly proved to me, who's a number one naysayer of those type of guys, um, that, you know, they could accomplish, you know, and definitely make some noise. They have a really good mix of of guys with passion, talent, and veteran looks. Um, so I see that as another team that could sneak into Sunday, you know, via the early league bracket or beyond, you know, fighting through the doldrums of everyone else. So um, then mm-hmm. the other team who's just another up-and-coming team, I, I mentioned the dumps, but L.I. Chum, is another really good, strong team that it's half of the big payback team from last year in Scott Elliott and uh, Brian, mm-hmm. but also the chum squad from last year, Brian Wu, John Vargas, and um, Will Arena. So those five guys are really solid players and um, really kind of underperformed most of the season. I think they had a really good run in the in the regionals and had a good a strong last event, but they got called with a few tough draws, a few couple of bad brackets. But overall, I think the feeling out of a new five man team gave them almost too many options. It takes um, time. It, it takes, takes time. time. Sure. So I don't know if I have confidence that they will necessarily have it figured out for the open. I think that might still come with a little bit of a stroke of luck that they just happen to make the right decision. Because when you have four arms and you're all pretty new and didn't really know each other before last year, like Mm-mm. it's a little bit of feeling out. And even after a one season or most of a season, that's not completely hashed out all the time. And especially I agree. Now your first open big moment. They didn't even play at the open last year, I don't believe. So I don't think so. That's no, a, that's a mass. Both neither team. So all five of those guys, none of them played at the open last year. Right. Um, that's significant. So it could help them. It could hurt them. It's likely to hurt them and turn it into a learning moment that only help them in the future. But uh, they have the talent to win now and could certainly mm-hmm. anyone in this league. Scott Elliott is a top two-way player in this region. Will Arena is uh, one of the smoother right-handed bats we've seen in a long time. And mm-hmm. then three other guys that are a good mix of both. So, yeah. They're, they're I, think, so- I think what it comes down to is if you play well enough, if you get the right seed, seeding matters so much. Because if you run into a first-round playoff game against a team like Withink, you know, Withink drops a game. Now, all of a sudden, they're fighting for that Sweet 16 spot. If you If you run into them, if you run into maybe even the Dark Knights, dare I say, if you run into the fucking legacy team with Pucci and Haverty, like if you run into one of those teams early, you can live. If you run into one of them middle to late, you're in a lot of trouble, right? Because if you run into it on a Sunday, that's when the magic happens. Who gives a, at that point, who cares? 
right? Yep. But if you run into them late Saturday night, that's such a tough team. You know what I mean? It's, there's like four or five teams where it's like, no, I don't want to run into that, man. I want to avoid them at all costs. And you got to win early to do that. And so for teams like that, especially hazardous, hazardous gets out to a good start. They could roll. And speaking of hazardous, specifically speaking of G off, do we have a weather forecast? Are we anticipating any problems? Way, way too early to talk. And uh, mm. have to involve G off. That's a very, very, very bad sign as he's been mm-hmm. in the majority of his duties. Um, wow. But clearly, uh, we have handled pretty much every weather condition, uh, not only this season, but in the past, precedent being set with the Open of 2020. Um, you know, it is what it is. So we're prepared for everything. That's that's not an issue. Good. Good, good, good. So, all right. I, I mean, I don't have too much more for you. Uh, the events run smoothly, even in extenuating circumstances these last few years. And so I anticipate a, a good tournament. Um, I'm I'm really curious to see, you know, who will be the breakout team. I'm very curious to see who, because every year someone blows it. So who's going to blow it this year? Who's going to rise up? It, it, it should be a really good time. Are there any other, like, uh, pluggables that you want to add in? Uh, somewhere, somewhere, some folks can go. What can people do? Where can they find you? Let's say they want to sign up last minute. Uh, hit me with your pluggables. Sure. You guys can find us on Instagram and Facebook, Golden Stick Whips. Um, golden stick on Facebook, our email, um, or reach out to FUG in some way, shape, or form to get your team registered. There is a Google form floating around on the interwebs on both our socials and through email if you're looking for it, um, to register your team and then get payment arranged. Um, there's going to be some really strong non league teams that I'm pretty excited about that we really didn't brush into today. And mm. Frankly, don't deserve the time of day because they don't support the league all season. Um, wow. Unless you're not drivable, which some of them are. So there you go. Mm. Excited to see uh, Red, I believe, is bringing in Dave Kapabienko, uh, the Oh, wow. Um, which I've been saying for a few years. I'm like, no, like this guy will be the best yard player you'll ever mm-hmm. see. Um, and, you know. Everyone gets old, and even Dave, who's old, you know, older than myself, still hangs in fast pitch, and will continue to do so. At some point, we're all playing yard, so that's the yep. game that there's so many ways to play and enjoy it. And you know, we got guys in their 60s now with replaced hips that are playing in this league and being successful and competing week to week and having something to look forward to. And that's really what the whole reason that we run leagues and tournaments is. That's a dudes like across the board who love the game can enjoy and have something to look forward to while you're sitting at work during the week. So that's yeah. a whip for all of us. And I know that's true really across the board. Otherwise we wouldn't be there because there's not much money to be made. There's not much fame to be made. We've been on, you know, we've seen some stuff on TV now and that's not turning anyone into a millionaire. So it's the love of the game. It always will be. And um, that's why we do it. So I'm excited for a couple of weeks from now. And I hope that anyone who listens to this, which is probably less than 15 people, uh, sure. will actually, um, you know, consider coming out and supporting us and coming to re- a really awesome event. All right. Well, Bob, thank you for your time. Tell Fudge I said hi. I'll be there with my little team. So really? very excited to. Yeah, yeah. I'm bringing this, the Crusaders back. It's going to be uh, we're, we're probably going to do really bad, but. Who, 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 at the end of the day, who isn't bad? All of us are. 
We're all very bad. That's what makes the league great is everyone's, everyone's bad. Everyone's bad. Talked about like, yeah, they're all great, 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 great. <laughs> but you could lose to a bad team of guys, which is really embarrassing and makes the game, makes it all worth it. So fighting for the upsets are a lot of fun and the rest of us can just enjoy ourselves and hopefully watch some great whips, even if we do get eliminated. So that's the beauty of it. And I'm excited. Perfect. Well, this episode will be up ASAP. Uh, thank you for your time. Uh, always good to do the show and uh, get involved with recreational. So on that note, I'm going to send it over to Benito. Benito, take us away. Benito.